This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Uh, yeah, I, I lost my password. World Cup Minutia. Laziest dog ever. Every cub ever with the letter H. And Rick's brush with Pete Best. All that and unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Welcome to our, is this the 99th episode of Minutia Man? I believe, I believe it is. Barbara, uh, Barbara Felden? <laughs> Ancient 99? It's either 98 yeah. or 99. And I want to give you credit for something that just happened at the beginning of this show. Yeah. You, for the first time ever, I think, did not sniff over the uh, intro of the show. So thank you oh, very I... much for that. Oh, so I'm kind of a... You're sniffy. I'm a... You're a little sniffy. Well, I have the deviated septum and, and a long history of allergies. Yeah. So let's... Okay, let's make fun of Dave's disabilities. Sure. <laughs> I just I just congratulated you. It was uh, positive. I was being nice. I'm also a lip smacker, too. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And and you're fat. Oh. You know, I'm uh, I'm like balancing my I'm balancing my laptop on my belly right now. And it's like real it's like high, you know, it's like uh I have to like squint because it's yeah, I am a fat piece of shit. I am too. I am too. Uh, uh, you know. The two of us couldn't fit in the same toilet bowl. That's how big a fat no. piece of shit we are right now. You know how fat I am? If you go to the store and buy a box of fat there's yeah. a recipe for me on the box. <laughs> <laughs> That's how fat I am. I, oh, it is. It's humiliating. I'm and, so uh, fat. I'm such a fat piece of shit that if you tried to shit me out right now, you'd blow a hole in your anus. <laughs> right. Okay. You know. You know how fat I am. <laughs> if you if you tried to if you tried to ship me across the country right now, it costs you like nine hundred bucks. FedEx would charge you like nine hundred bucks, and they wouldn't even have a box big enough to put me in. Oh, now you're sipping. What are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking tea. We get Diet like all tea. kinds of sound effects from you today. Uh, okay, hold on. You know what? I just sniff. Well, you gag I, during during. I show hold prep, the microphone away from me when I'm gagging. Uh, well, I don't. I guess I don't have a. I don't have a sniff button like you have a gag button okay. on your microphone. Uh, look, I'm a little fragile right now, all right? Why is that? Okay, because I had another experience at the Skokie Library, and for longtime listeners and devoted listeners to this program, everybody will know that the Skokie Library is where I had the wheelchair bathroom stall carfuffle, right? And what is the reason, again, that you go to the Skokie Library? I know you're not checking out any books. No, the internet is lightning fast at the Skokie library. I mean, because I do a lot of graphic design and, you know, work, you know, doing stuff uh, that I need fast internet for. I do it at home and it takes me forever. Skokie library, it's boom, bam, boom. I'm done. Does it take forever at home because you have four other people on the <laughs> internet at the same time? Uh, I guess, but at the Skokie library, there's 400 people on the internet at the same time. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know the reason, but the Skokie library internet is like the fastest internet I've ever had. Well, there's a free and, endorsement there, ladies and gentlemen. Right. And and hypothetically, if you're on Pornhub, there's no interruptions. <laughs> you know, there's no buffering. Uh, so I'm in. I'm so I go to the Skokie Library as I do two or three times a week, and I'm trying to find a parking space. Okay, 
the Skokie Library is very popular. Parking spaces are hard to come by. Okay. So I'm dri- so I'm driving around and I finally see this young girl. I don't know how old she was, anywhere from 16 to 40, because uh-huh. I can't tell. I can't tell, right? I can't either. So this young lady come goes into her car, and I'm like, oh, cool. So her car was backed into her parking space. Okay. So I was waiting for her in front. So we were facing each other. Follow me. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So she gets into her car. She starts her car, and I'm getting ready to, you know, for her to leave. And then she starts screwing around with her eye. Like with a finger, so I'm like, okay, maybe like checking her makeup or something. Well, oh, now hold on, don't jump. Okay. Uh, so I'm thinking, okay, she's adjusting her contacts. You know, I am not a monster. I will wait. I don't. I want Amber to be able to be safe when she <laughs> drives, right? So I'm waiting, and I'm waiting very patiently in my bitchin' minivan, waiting for. Her. Um, then I, I know you well enough to know we're at about second number two right now. Oh, what do you mean? That I'm, I'm saying that you, when you were talking about waiting patiently, you have now, at this point in the story, waited two seconds. Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, oh, 10 seconds tops. Okay. Right. <laughs> 10 seconds out. So, okay. So, I'm like I said, I'm being patient. I want her to be, you know, you know, safe and whatever. Then I see her taking out a lipstick. Okay. And she starts... Now I'm not real close, but I could tell that she's, you know, doing the whole lipstick thing. So uh-huh. touching touching up her lipstick. So, okay, no more Mr. Nice Guy, if you know what I'm saying. Sure. So so I lay on the horn, okay? And admittedly, I'm far enough to not be able to see this really well, but it looked like I scared the crap out of her and her lipstick went and her <laughs> lipstick went whoop, you know, off the side of her chin, right? Uh I, and I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I aggravated her. I like the movie you know? Airplane. Do you remember yes, that scene? Yes, exactly. Right, right, right. Exactly. When she's tried the, where they're trying to put the makeup on yes. in turbulence. Uh, so you know how I know that she was aggravated? It was she... her. She, it was her middle finger that went right <gasps> in my. It, right. So, this, paint the picture, little Missy Amber or yeah. whatever her name is. She she's pissed. She just flips me off. And then she just continues to do her makeup. You know, she takes out like a little wipe or whatever, and she starts wiping. Now we've got a standoff, right? What am I? So we we had a. I'm like, what what do I do? Do I just continue to wait and watch her put on her makeup? So I did what any other real man would do: is I slunk away and found another parking space way the hell at the other end of the parking lot. That's what I so, would have done. Okay, well that's my question. WWRD. What would you have done? Yeah. First of all, there's two things. One is, and I was just having this discussion with my youngest son, Sean, the other day, because he's learning how to drive and he is, you know, he's paying attention to driving now. And he's asking me questions like, you know, why are you going 80 when the speed limit is 65? And, you know, that sort of thing. Why Um, did you call that Asian guy? (laughs) (laughs) But I'm giving him the unwritten rules of the road. And we were waiting behind a person that was taking a long time. And he asked me, why aren't you hitting the horn right now? And I said, because to me, when you hit the horn, that's like going up to somebody and screaming right in their ear. Screw you, pal. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Okay. And and I am much too polite for that. It has to be for me. The horn is saved for. Uh, I'm saving a life. 
If I hit the horn right now, the person will stop what they're doing and save their lives. That's what the so horn is for. So you're like an Avenger. You use it if you're a superhero. That's basically. exactly right. Otherwise, the horn is not to be used. That is that is my opinion of the horn. And Sean looks at me right in the eye and goes, your mother disagrees. Or your, your wife disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say that's not a strategy. Your wife, uh, no. I, th- I think I've, dri- I think I've driven with Bridget before because we are having an affair, uh-huh. and she's in the and she's in the front seat. And if it's not fast enough, she'll like reach over and honk the horn. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, she yeah. will. <laughs> she will. <laughs> yeah, that's not annoying at all, is it? No, that that's clearly going over the line, don't you think? <laughs> right, because then they look at you and you're the bad guy. Right, I'm exactly. Like, Point to her, you know. No, it was her who honked the horn. Now I realize that I'm like one of five people in all of the entire world that feels that way about the horn, but that's just the way I feel. I'm, I'm a well, as our good friend Mike Medina says, I'm the bravest man from thirty feet. Right, and the and what's more, you know, confrontational than a horn when you're driving, you know, forty miles away away from something, right? (laughs) Right, exactly. So, so there. So, but now I'm worried because I've got. Next time I go to the Skokie Library, I've got makeup lady I got to worry about and wheelchair guy I got to worry about. Yeah, right. You're gonna have to find another library soon. And so, well, there you go. Plus, All now right, the so, paparazzi will be stalking the place, and you know, oh, because they know that you'll be there. Yeah, I have a feeling that that. Well, the, the parking lot at the Skokie Library is always packed. I mean, it doesn't matter when you go. There's a lot of people at the Skokie Library. Okay. So there you go. That's my story. Well, that's a good one. Do you have any minutiae to share? A show is called Minutia Men. Um, I've got a story that we could either use the What's Wrong with Florida jingle or Jenkins. Your pick. Um, let's go. Uh, what's wrong with you, Florida? I made the um, call. Here's the headline. Florida government did not conduct background checks on thousands of applicants for concealed weapons for a year because the state employee was unable to log into the system. (laughs) You know, I heard this story the other day. (laughs) I feel great sympathy for this this person. But anyway, go ahead. Carry on. So according to a February 26th investigative report from Florida's inspector general, uh, a state division of licensing employee identified as Lisa Wild was unable to log into the system to actually complete the background checks. She never mitigated this issue. In other words, she went to work every day and pretended to do background checks, right? She knew that she yeah. could, wasn't doing them. Um, I love Lisa. Lisa's my lady, right? I mean, this is exactly what I probably would have done. This is um, <laughs> yeah, what probably happened was is that she lost her password or forgot her exactly. password exactly a couple of well and she probably lost it a couple of times and the guy in it said this is the last time i'm giving you your password <laughs> and then she lost it again then she's like well i can't ask anymore because i'm gonna get uh so she just never conducted any background checks for concealed weapons um and over a year later in march of 2017 an employee um at the bureau of licensing realized that Nothing was coming out of Florida, and they um, and they found out this issue. Okay, now that's kind uh, of an important thing, <laughs> background checks for concealed weapons. But I do kind of understand. I mean, I yeah, 
I have a, a separate Skype account now because I couldn't remember my password. I had to create an entire new one, and it's under my son's name instead of my name because uh, you know once it's under once you've got your name out there, you can't reuse it, and it, it's just you know I I forget passwords all the time. I, I don't know how people remember them. Well, how often do you use the forget your password and then you send it and then they send the reset link to your email? Doesn't I often just expect- go straight to that? <laughs> oh, so you don't even try logging in. You just go forget the password right right off the bat. I do it all the time. I go straight to forget password. Um, well, Lisa Wilde is no longer employed at the Department of Licensing, but you will be happy to know that she's now running the shipping department at Eckhart's Press <laughs> starting Monday. You know, what so, they, you know what they should do? They should, um, they should have some sort of an audio thing that works uh, with your computer or your phone or whatever and have recorded clips of Alan Ludden from Password. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, like, the password is... And, and then, right. Or, or, you know, like, uh, you know, B. Arthur giving you clues, you know, she gave birth to you. Uh, My Um, mother, you uh, celebrate this with her every year. Uh, Her birthday. Put it together. My mother's birthday. (laughs) You know, something like that. um, Well, you know that, you know how they have like those hits, hints, you know, your best friend, your best friend or whatever. Um, One of my hints is, you know, who is your best friend? And I don't want to, I don't want to get you all weepy. It's Rick. Ah. So my answer to the question is Rick. However, I was thinking, what happens if we have a really big fight? <laughs> do I have to go back? I have Thank to change. What year did I do that one? Was that <laughs> was that pre twenty nineteen when we yeah, had right. that big blow right. up when he called me yeah. fat on the air? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So I. Yeah, I, I'm never going to remember how to change it, probably. So no matter what you do to me, you're always going to be my best friend with my passwords. But probably. wouldn't that be much cooler if, if you know, like B celebrities were giving you clues instead of just the words? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, like, like a, a 20. Yeah, go ahead. $20,000 pyramid. Yes, exactly. Right, right, uh, yeah, exactly. right. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. that's I think you're right. Question. I think that that would be right. Well, Lisa Wilde could have. Well used something like this, and she no longer is employed because she just didn't feel the necessity to do her job. <laughs> Thank you, Florida. Well, I have uh, some news. I don't know if you heard about this. It was announced just this morning that the 2026 World Cup is going to be held here in America and in Mexico and Canada. And mm-hmm. It's the first time it's here since 1994. Chicago actually is not going to be part of it uh, we're not participating but the excitement is going to be awesome i'm hoping i'm still around from that that's what seven years from now or eight years from now i think so, it will be yeah a knock on something but i'd like to mm-hmm. see that that'd be fun um so i wanted to uh <clears throat> first of all if you're a big soccer fan there's a uh there's a podcast out now called Free Kicks with Adam and Rick, and and you should check it out because it's World Cup season. Whoa, 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 whoa! What did you yeah. just say? What was the the names that you just said? Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. Whoa, whoa! What name did you say first? Adam. Okay, for 25 years I've been trying to get my name first yeah. instead of Rick and Dave, Dave and Rick. How did Adam get his name first? 
Uh, well, you know, he's got a better attorney than you do. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so hit me with some minutiae. Is that what you're telling okay, me? Okay, yes. Some... I want to give you a minutia quiz. This is World Cup minutia, and since the, uh, the announcement was made about the location of the next World Cup, these are World Cup location minutia quiz. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. First of all. Time now for a minutia man. Minutia man. Minutia quiz. So which, uh, now the World Cup happens every four years. It's It's been going on since 1930. Which of these European nations have never hosted the World Cup? Ready? Mm-hmm. A, the Netherlands. B, Sweden. C, England. Or D, France. Okay, I think England and France right off the bat have. So Yeah, England yeah. 1966, France 1990. Okay. I say Netherlands because it's basically Delaware. <laughs> That's actually correct. Very good. Okay, there you go. Uh, which of these South American countries have never hosted the World Cup? A, Uruguay, B, Chile, C, Argentina, or D, Peru? I think Argentina definitely yep, has. Um. Did you say Chile? What was it, Chile? Uruguay, Chile, or Peru? I say Uruguay. 1930, they had the first one there. Chile, Peru. Peru. Peru is correct. Chile in 1962. And then here's the final one. Which of these other countries have never hosted the World Cup? A, South Korea, B, Morocco, C, Qatar, or D, South Africa? Well, I bet Cutter has because you wouldn't have mentioned it. Cutter like, actually is, it, is going to be the next one in 2022. So uh, okay, uh, isn't it isn't it Qatar? No, is it Cutter? I think it's pronounced Cutter. Okay, um, South, South Korea, Korea, Morocco, or South Africa? I no South Africa was just you went to South Africa, did, right? Yeah, so, so, so I know that one. Um, I'll say South Korea. Uh, that was in 2002. All right. Morocco, which was actually the runner-up for uh, for the World Cup uh, to America, and they lost, and we won. Um, you know who won? Also, oh, what a segue! Did I <laughs> did I lay that up there for you? <laughs> oh my God! Put it on the tee, and I hit a double down the line, my friend. Who won? Texts, texts from my middle-aged penis. That's a um, Twitter handle. That's the guy's name. He won a copy of the Baldig Handbook, and chances are he could use it. Uh-huh. One Amish Chicago coffee mug and a crying cub T-shirt. And what texts from my middle-aged penis did is all he did was retweet and follow us on Twitter. And every week we will put in a uh, herbal we'll do a random drawing, and you will win a prize pack worth up to $25, Rick. That's fantastic. Um, and uh, certainly subscribe to, if you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, you can do so on Stitcher, Google Play, um, iHeartRadio. Uh, you can go to the Radio Misfits podcast or radiomisfits.com website. You can download the episodes there. You can, uh, you can um, uh, subscribe there. So please, please subscribe. Yes, yes, please do. And by the way, just so you know, to wrap up this World Cup thing, um, the, it starts on Thursday, the 14th of June, and mm-hmm. it ends on July 15th, I believe. So if you can just handle things for the next month or so. <laughs> well, um, you're really due for a vacation. It. You're due for a vacation. So, yeah, this works out nicely for you. Okay, great. Uh, um, why aren't you going to Spain? You couldn't swing it? It's Russia. 
Uh, I'm sorry? It's in Russia. Oh, it's in Russia. That's right. Um, I don't want well, to go to Russia. I don't want to go to Russia. <laughs> what's, there, what's there to see in Russia? The White House. See what I did there? Oh, that's good. Okay, that's yeah, good. Yeah. Although, you know, I have always wanted to have hire two hookers to pee on a bed. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, now, that would be a great t- topic for podcast. We uh-huh. could get Vinny, Vinny to do the jingle. Um, I got another, I got another um, topic, another story. Lay it on me. Fire department rescues a big fluffy dog who got tired on a hike. And just said, screw it. (laughs) This is my kind of dog. This is my favorite. Cato is a five-year-old, 120-pound Great Pyrenees from Evergreen, Colorado. Those are are huge dogs. Well, poor Cato has the unfortunate luck of a couple of owners who like to hike. And it appears that Cato does not share the same love of the outdoors as they do. Uh, this past weekend, Cato's pain-in-the-ass owners took her, took her for a hike about a mile into their usual five-minute walk. Okay, so – or five-mile walk, I should say. So Cato has seen this movie before, and she doesn't like it, right? Cato <laughs> uh, laid down a 120-pound dog, and if it had fingers, would probably have used the middle ones in the direction <laughs> of the owners and just laid there. Cato was not dehydrated. The owners say that she was not dehydrated. So the owners, what are you going to do? You have a 120-pound dog. So they had to call the fire rescue department. <laughs> I, for real? To, yeah. The, they had to call the Evergreen Fire Rescue. And they, they, you know, they humped a mile in, and they had like a stretcher. Like, you know, the, you know, like, remember like the World War I movies where you got yeah. the guys? Yeah, right. So they, I'm envisioning that. They put Cato on, um, on the stretcher, and they have to hump Cato's lazy ass right out of the bush. Uh, and, um, and as Cato passed dogs going in the other direction, she could be heard saying, yeah, this is how you do it, bitches. <laughs> you know, I have been in this situation myself. I went to uh, Switzerland a couple of years ago with my sister for her 50th birthday and a bunch of her friends. And my sister is like the owners of this dog. She, yeah. She hikes, and you know, she just wants. She just goes and walks, and she'll walk ten miles just for fun. Mm-hmm. And and she decided. Is she married? She's not. No. <laughs> okay, yeah, I she, think that's the reason. She right decided there. that it would be fun if we walked up and down the mountain in Switzerland when we were there. You know, hike. Yeah, who does? Right, of course. Well, I kind of outsmarted her. I said, well, "I'll take the train up, and I'll walk down." Gravity right. is your friend, right? right. That's what That's I was thinking. What, you, what I didn't realize that with, with my bad knee, it's actually much more stress on your leg to go downhill than it is to go uphill. So, I mean, going uphill, the cardio would have killed me, right? So right. I, it was pick and choose. But around the three-quarter of the mark on the way back down, I was in such excruciating pain that I was walking like uh, the Tim Conway character in, uh, <laughs> in the Carol Burnett show. Uh, Mr. You know, Wiggins yes, or whatever. I mean, that's, you know, like incy bitsy tiny steps, and at each step, I was like, "Oh!" And I really, seriously thought to myself, "I cannot possibly make it the rest of the way down." And I thought about just laying down on the side of the road and di- and dying. Yes, right? just go, I whatever. thought, you know what? I'll just die here. This is a beautiful country. <laughs> yeah, right. But I didn't know that there was an option to have to call the fire department and have them come up and save you. 
What you went on that hike with Dane, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And and Dane was already spotting places to have the heart attack, right? Wasn't he <laughs> yeah. saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna lay down, I'm gonna sit down over there and have a time. Yeah, I'm glad I did not go on that same. Dane did pretty well on the way up. Um and but also was not doing well on the way down. It's it yeah. really kills your legs. And if you you know, my I have the bad soccer legs. Uh they what? are this my right leg is just trashed. You know, for being a crampy athlete, there's some advantages because my knees are fine. No one ever asked me to play any of the sports. I, I've got knees of a 22-year-old, my friend. All right. It's time for uh, our Cubs feature. Time now for a collection of Cub geekness. This is Just One Bad Century with Rick and Dave. Okay, so Dave, uh, I mentioned last week that I have been featuring the Every Cub Ever feature on JustOneBadCentury.com. Uh, over the summer, that's what I'm doing. Like every day, there will be one letter that is featured, and today I believe it's the letter H. So I have written about every Cub that ever played and ever that has any anybody that's even remotely related to the Cubs. I've written about, and there are 170 of them that start with the uh, letter H. You can just pick a number, and I will read about that person. So just one to one seventy one. Is that what you said? Yeah, one to one seventy. Um, sixty two. Sixty two. All righty. Let's see here. Please hold. I'm going to number sixty two. Number sixty two is Ernest Hemingway. Oh, Peter, that's a good one. Yes, hang on here, Ernest Hemingway. Now, did you know? Did you know that he was a Cubs fan? No, but I have an Ernest Hemingway story, piece of minutia after we're done. Okay. But uh, um, no, I did not know you. He, he was well, from. Let me tell you the story, Dave. Hemingway grew up in Oak Park. I uh, was a precocious boy of nine when the Cubs won the World Series in 1908. Uh, he had more than a passing knowledge of that great Cubs team because his father was the doctor for the Cubs. Oh. And the doctor for the Cubs owner, Charles Murphy. And so he got to see a lot of Cubs games when they were still playing at the at West Side grounds. And in 1949, he wrote a letter to his friend Ed recalling those days. He wrote, I would say, dear Lord, this isn't as bad as what Frank Chance goes through every day, but please <laughs> give me the courage to bear it like he does. Frank Chance couldn't duck if they threw at his head. So after he had his first concussion, after I think it was Marquardt hit him, he would freeze, and nobody threw anything that wasn't high and inside. <laughs> Finally, he had such headaches that it was tough for me, a punk kid, to watch. Did you know that Frank Chance's career ended that way? No, I had no idea. I didn't no. really know that either. Uh, in the 1940s, Hemingway invited ex-Cubs players like Billy Herman, Larry French, Augie Gellon, and Kurt Davis to hang out at his house in Cuba. Uh, but though he eventually became a Dodgers fan, all of those players ended up playing on the Dodgers. His baseball teeth were cut in Chicago, watching the world champion Chicago Cubs. Hemingway was a Cubs fan. Um, did you also know that Ernest Hemingway stole a urinal from his favorite bar and he, because he claimed that he had pissed away so much money into it that he owns it. Did you did you remember no. that? Yeah, he actually ended up stealing a urinal and then sticking it in his house. The urinal from 
I think he liked to drink. Yeah, he was a bit of a drinker. Right. So, yeah, he actually stole the urinal. Actually, yeah, I lived when I lived on Dearborn, Bridget and I lived on Dearborn and near Division Street, right around the corner. There was uh, a plaque. Do you, I don't know if you remember this. A little plaque that Ernest Hemingway had lived here. It was right around the corner from Division Street, which even in those days was a big drinking facility. That's where Hemingway lived in the, you know, after World War One. He killed himself, didn't he? He did. Why don't you bring the room down, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, all right. I guess uh, my bad. But yeah, I, I, yeah, he. I just read something about. It. Was did he just have a birthday or something? Because he was. Because I just read the urinal story. Just uh few weeks ago did he have a birthday or uh, not I that know. i know but you know hemingway kind of a popular guy <laughs> and a cup fan and, and a cup fan don't forget that part a time for our final feature a random name pulled out of rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities mixture collection selection assemblage medley assortment variety time now for celebrity potpourri with rick and dave this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the Costco jar, pulls out a name of a celebrity that I've met over the years, and I have to tell the story of how and why and, and you know, whatever else I can remember about having met that celebrity. Uh, this is great because I do a great George Harrison impersonation. Uh, Pete Best. Now, for people who don't know who Pete Best is, I think... I think it's safe to say that Pete Best is the unluckiest human that ever lived. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, yes. Pete Best made some bad career choices. Well, he, I will go on and tell the story. He so, got fired. Or, yes, or no. Pete Best okay. was in the Beatles. He was the drummer uh, for the Beatles right before they became huge stars and was fired and replaced by Ringo Starr and then boom, <laughs> the Beatles. <laughs> Went to the poppermost of the toppermost, or the toppermost of the poppermost. Um, so anyway, Pete Best, a little bitter, you know, as you might expect, and and as and honestly, way less bitter than I would be. How about you? Sure. Oh my God, I would be absolutely. Yeah. Every time I hear a Beatles song, turn that fucking song with you. Yeah, I would be very bitter. So he, Pete Best, had a book out. Uh, around, I want to say 2003, 2004, while I was working with John Landecker. And the book was sent to me, and I had scheduled an interview with Pete Best. And he had sent me a, an autographed picture oh. with him and, and the other Beatles. And it, you know, it says to Rick, WJMK, you know, best wishes, Pete Best. Um, and I have it up. In my office downstairs, I have a. I still have that picture on the wall. I just thought. I mean, I've got Ringo's autograph too, but to me, Pete Best. That's a. That's even a bigger deal. Right? Oh my God. Yeah. How, how many people have Pete Best autographs? So, um, it turns out we got fired right before we were going to have him on. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we, he did. And then he. And then he actually was hired to do your radio show after. <laughs> but he came to town about five or six years later. I want to say. 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. Somewhere in uh, Rogers Park, he's playing at this little cafe. And I went to the show to see him. And, uh, you know, I had the autographed picture with me and everything and just to show him, just to kind of get my way in to meet him. And sure enough, I got to meet him. And I talked to him for about, I don't know, three, four minutes. Yeah. And I didn't understand a word he said. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. He, yeah. he I, had the it, thickest liver puddlian accent. I mean, I swear to God, I couldn't understand him at all. Speak English, man. <laughs> so I just kind of nodded. Uh-huh. 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 Got a big smile on my uh, face. I had no idea what he said, but I'm sure it was bitter. Do you think like John and Paul and... Uh-oh. Because he didn't he work at like the post office, right? For like, didn't he get a job at the post office? Isn't that what he did? Yeah. To say that again, because you crapped out for a second. Do you think John and Paul? Uh, do you think John and Paul and Ringo called them, uh, called him while they were on tour <laughs> and said, hey, hey, Pete, how'd your day go? You know, or, yeah. uh, hey, I'm Marilyn yeah. Monroe. Get off my penis. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. How yeah. was your day? Yeah. I worked at the post office today. Thanks for asking. Bastards. I hope they did not do that. Although I, I saw a story recently where Pete Best said that, uh, you know, it, it, he, Paul McCartney has kind of made it up to him. And the anthology project, he put a couple of songs on that anthology that Pete was playing in. So he got some royalties, and it ended mm-hmm. up being, you know, uh, over a million dollars. So he did get, eventually got some money out of the whole Beatle thing. But he did say that he still would like to get in a room, just him and Paul, and a bottle of scotch, and talk it over. <laughs> because he's got some things to get off of his chest. <laughs> uh, Pete, I think that ship has sailed. I don't, you know, I think you better just. Uh, he's got to be what pushing eighty, right? Because he was older than them, weren't they? Wasn't he like a year or two older? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, he, yeah, he's got to be. He's got to be. Yeah. So anyway, if you'd like to find out more about Rick and Dave, check us out at EckhartsPress.com. We're also at ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com, um, and. Uh, you can email us at minutiamenpodcast at gmail.com. And earlier, Dave mentioned that we're on Twitter. Uh, we have quite a few followers now on Twitter, don't we? Yeah, I think we've got 4,100 or so, something like that. So if 4, you find the, uh, the, the tweets that Dave puts out there and you retweet them, uh, you have a chance to win some prizes, too. I'd Just like, like text from your middle-aged penis. That's right. And that's a great handle, by the way. <laughs> I love that. Uh Thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with Opie Productions. We are distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of... Minutia Man. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? <laughs> <laughs>